Hello, and welcome to the On Your Left podcast, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she-them pronouns. I'm Norali Sheth. I use she-her pronouns. We are in your uh, subscription feeds, podcast feeds, uh, every Wednesday, and uh, you should uh, hit the follow button if you haven't already. Uh, You should uh, tell your friends about us. You should tweet us. Uh, tweet about us tweet to all your friends who are looking for podcasts that we exist spread the spread the leftist joy do it (laughs) and if uh you happen to be the kind of leftist that believes in giving poor people your money hey i'm poor we have a patreon at patreon.com slash on your left pod feel free to support us there and help us make these podcast episodes (laughs) yeah um, so, uh, we should, uh, start as we have been these past few months, um, nearing on a year now, uh, with COVID updates. The most fun thing. Yeah, so let's start with the bad news. So, the United States has officially recorded 25 million coronavirus cases. Uh, this official tally works out to about one in every 13 people in the country, having COVID, or about 7.6% of the population. And I I know 13 people. And yes, one of them did have COVID. It's uh, not great odds for us out here. Because uh, we now have so many cases, um, COVID deaths in the United States have also risen, with more than 414,000 deaths linked to the virus. That's one for every 800 people in the country, which means uh, just a lot of people. That's close to half a million. It's a lot, and it's very possible that by the time this podcast comes out, we will have hit that half a million mark, and I'm going to cry when that happens, so... Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, there is some light at the end of this very, very long and terrible tunnel. Um, And that's that on his first day as president, President Joe Biden uh, started taking action to fight this pandemic, issuing multiple executive orders related to COVID-19. Like, this is why we wanted Biden so badly. It's because, like, he's he's the center of the center of the Democratic Party. But, like, at least he sees science, my God. He's doing more than the bare minimum. Yeah. Well, Trump did the, the, the below the bare minimum, and now we're getting more than that, and it feels really good. Yeah. It's nice. Um, so, uh, with the executive order, uh, Biden is ordering a nationwide mask wearing and social distancing mandate on federal lands, federal buildings, and uh, for federal employees and contractors, um, which is, I think, the most he's able to do because he can't uh, issue a man a mandate for like private property. I don't think, but there are a lot of federal employees who now have to wear masks. Uh, including every member of Congress. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be nice. 
Yeah, so that next time there's an insurrection in the Capitol building, uh, they won't, uh, you know, get COVID because some people choose to not wear masks. Because that did happen. That did happen. Uh, Additionally, Biden canceled Trump's move to withdraw the country from the World Health Organization because that's a decision that Donald Trump made for some reason. But Operation Warp Speed, Katrina. Diseases don't super care about national borders because viruses can't read and aren't aware of maps. Yeah. Uh, So they're going to keep doing their thing no matter what we do. So we may as well work with the rest of the world so that we all don't die. So that's great. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, So uh, Biden also created a White House COVID-19 response team that will coordinate across the federal government and with states on ramping up vaccinations, distributing more masks and gloves, expanding testing capacity, reopening schools, and more. This order also re-establishes the NSC's Directorate for Global Health, Security, and Biodefense, um, which was an office disbanded by the Trump administration. (laughs) Um, I don't know about reopening schools just yet. I'm very, hmm, about that. But everything else. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very cautious but it is good that there will be like people who could help us get there um and get to the point where we can safely reopen the schools um also uh it's uh so many states have been trying to manage this on their own um so many states have been denying that there is even a problem to manage um so it just Every single state has different rules and different regulations and different rollouts for vaccines. And, um, yeah, it would be nice to have a unified effort across these United States, uh, to save lives. Yeah, no, I have nothing to add, actually. You you said it. Good job. (laughs) No problem. Thanks. Okay. So there's also... Two things that are pandemic-related but aren't directly uh, about the pandemic. Um, Biden is extending the current pause on federal evictions and foreclosures through at least in the end of March, um, which which is great because it's it's hard to stay home when you don't have a home. It's ridiculous that foreclosures have happened in the last few weeks because um the uh pause ended and then biden came back and then the pause was extended so um yeah people shouldn't lose their homes ever but people really shouldn't lose their homes when there is a deadly disease raging across the country um and uh biden is also uh, going to continue to freeze monthly payments and interest on most federal student loans until at least some September 30th, which is nine months of not having to pay your student loans, which is, and not getting interest on that. So that's a, a, a good thing. We would prefer that 
just student debt was canceled. But this is a start. Yeah, if he wants to buy like nine months for him to work out with Congress how like the cancellation is going to happen, that's great. Either way, I personally <laughs> will save thousands of dollars with which I can use to pay my rent and buy groceries because I will not have this the student loan payment hanging over my head as it often has over the past few years. Yeah, it's ridiculous that, like, even before the pandemic, things weren't easy for Americans. Things weren't easy. It was difficult to pay for things. It was difficult to buy groceries for a week. Like, the, it's not... Like, the pandemic has just made it harder, so student loans should be canceled. So, uh, should we move on to our uh, next big topic? Yeah, so, um, Nirali, while we were uh, messaging about what to do for the podcast today, you said we should talk about the stuff in Portland. And I said, what happened in Portland? Because I don't know. What is happening in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, so, like, I briefly saw something was happening in Portland um, when I texted you that. And then, um, and then I realized that it wasn't just Portland. And I also realized uh, shit's wild in Portland. Um, so, in Portland, two things happened. The first thing was the ICE building, and the second thing was the Democratic Party headquarters. I, I have very different feelings about both of those places, but continue. According to the first statement by um, Sergeant Kevin Al Allen, so this is a cop, um, there were at least four demonstrations planned in Portland, um, and two remained peaceful, and the others, you know, the other two, resulted in quote, property damage and arrests. So, so there is no uh, indication of injury uh, in any of the Portland stuff. Uh, a group of about 150 people converged on the ICE building in the South Waterfront neighborhood. I don't know what that means. Uh, on Wednesday evening around 9 p.m., uh, some demonstrators, according to Allen, were carrying... Pepper balls, guns, fireworks, shields, rocks, and electronic control weapons similar to tasers, but not tasers. Um, then they later uh, released another statement saying that police set, uh, saying that many in the crowd were wearing masks, gas masks, and helmets, um, and people began tagging the ice building with graffiti like reunite families now and um <laughs> which uh this article says is a possible reference to the separation of migrant children from their parents yes it's a uh, very possible um and there were other messages uh calling on the abolition of ice um putting you know the anarchy symbol up and uh, another one saying kill cops um so that was the second cop statement According to the feds, federal officials declared it an unlawful assembly after demonstrators started throwing rocks and vandalizing the building. Um, law enforcement officers deployed crowd control munitions um, 
and they didn't specify what kind, um, but according to the Sergeant Allen, um, they did not deploy tear gas or CS gas. Um, but, but all of that was like Allen's statement and Allen's words, and the journalists are saying pretty much the opposite. So according to a CNN affiliate, K-O-I-N, their journalists at the scene saw law enforcement use what looked like tear gas along with stun grenades and pepper balls, which the, the cops said the protesters were using. Um, and several people have been taken into custody, according to K-O-I-N, and according to Allen, uh, some arrests were made. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely some arrests were made. At least everyone agrees on that. Yeah, so that was the first thing that happened. That was the ICE building. The second thing that happened was at the Democratic Party HQ, which happened earlier in the day when a crowd of, again, about 150 people, we don't know if they're the same people or different people, uh, they gathered at uh, Revolution Hall before marching to the Oregon State Democratic Party HQ. Um, Protesters took an officer's bike. Then the officers called for backup. Um, More officers came. They got the bike back. And then protesters blocked the officers from leaving the area. Uh, The group then left Revolution Hall and marched to the Democratic Party headquarters, where some demonstrators, quote, smashed windows and vandalized the building. And that quote is, again, from Sergeant Allen. Um, At least eight people were arrested on a bunch of charges, including felony, criminal mischief, uh, possession of a destructive device and rioting. Um, and in a statement, the Democratic Party of Oregon said that none of its staff were in the building. So it looks like no one got hurt. The only damage that happened was to property. And it was just like some vandalism. And I think some windows were uh, broken. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the bike that they stole was given back. So yeah. like... <laughs> I don't think that I would be participating in this, not because I don't think that their cause uh, is just, but because I'm I'm a very chill person and I like being calm and safe and working within systems. Uh, But they didn't hurt anyone, so I don't really think it's that big of a deal either. Yeah, especially, I I really have no sympathy for uh, the ICE building. I don't know why uh, exactly the Democratic Party headquarters was targeted, but, I mean, the Democratic Party, while it's great that we won the election and it's great that we have control of the federal government, finally, um, it's, like, not the greatest thing in the world. So, um, I don't know. No one got hurt. I 100% agree with the sentiments in terms of protesting ICE and reuniting families and abolishing ICE. Um, Yeah. I don't exactly, I just don't know exactly why they targeted the Democratic Party headquarters as well. But, um, I mean, 
the leader of the Democratic Party nationally doesn't believe in Medicare for all. So, I mean, yeah, there is uh, that. No, no offense to the protesters, but like, maybe get a press person. I, I don't know. Yeah, I really I wish. Just... Yeah, journalists spoke to a spokesperson for the protesters. Yeah, because it does seem really unclear in a lot of these reports what exactly they were protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because the best hint that we got was the graffiti. The message is important, and I wish I knew what the message was. And then I believe things also happened in Seattle. So um, let me set the scene for you. Washington State, home of Olympic National Park, home of Forks, where Bella Swan is from, which is also a real place. Um, It is also home to Seattle, which is a great city. I've been once. It's nice. Um, And a group of about 100 people marched in Seattle on Wednesday, where uh, police uh, said that windows were broken at a federal courthouse and officers arrested three people. Um, The crowd was calling for the abolition of ICE. And outside the federal immigration court, uh, several people set fire to the American flag, according to the Seattle Times. Um, So... That's one thing that happened. Then a half hour south of Seattle in Tacoma, a police officer ran over protesters and is now under investigation. Um, And this is after uh, in Tacoma, protesters were blocking a road um, and uh, someone was also blocking a road by doing like Grand Theft Auto style donuts which um, I saw the video. It was pretty fun. But um, uh, like it's unclear in Tacoma why people were protesting. Um, But it is clear that the police officer should not have run over people. And also it doesn't, the reports also don't indicate that it was a protest. They just said that the police officer ran over a crowd. but I am assuming it was a protest because they were blocking the roads, but unsure why they were doing that. And this was also last night, so on January 23rd, uh, this happened. So it's still a developing story there. And then about, um, let's see, two hours away from Tacoma. So you got to drive past Seattle and keep going north to uh, get to Bellingham, Washington. You had protesters breaking into City Hall to demand housing for residents of a homeless encampment. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) that's, that's all I've got for the Pacific Northwest at the moment. Yeah, it it really seems like they've had a busy week. I will say, I stand with the protesters who call for the abolition of ICE. I don't really care about flag burning. Like, who cares? You burned a flag. It's part of free speech, you know. That's allowed to happen. You're allowed to burn flags. Um, especially when the uh, American flag in the past four years has represented Presented so much harm done to the immigrant community. Sure, 
break the flag outside the immigration court, like set, set fire to it. Um, and also I don't know if breaking into city hall was the best move, but yes, people should have housing. Um, once again, we are in a raging pandemic where, uh, the number one thing you can do to not get the disease is stay home. So, um, people should have homes to go to. I think that's kind of one of the nice things about these movements is that we all have our place in them. Mm-hmm. To, to use D&D terms, I'm a really bad tank. I can't take a lot of hits. I don't do great in crowds because I tend to have panic attacks when I'm in them. So these kinds of protests aren't for me. They are detrimental to me, in fact. But uh, I also agree with the message that like ice is bad and I can do other stuff. Uh, generally, working with an electoral politics is my place and trying to get the right people that will listen to the protesters in office so we can see change happen. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the really great things about having this huge movement where we can all at some level work together because we share common values. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I think I would, like, I have shown, I've gone to Black Lives Matter protests and I've uh, protested before, but none of the protests I've been to have turned violent. And I don't know if I would, you know, be able to um, stay there. And like, that obviously most of the violence that's happened has been police just becoming violent because they don't like the fact that the crowd that they are meant to protect because it's our first amendment right to peaceably assemble um is uh you know protesting their brutality but um yeah i don't know if i would be able to um be the person smashing the window uh or you know taking the bike that was then given back. <laughs> um, but uh, for the most part, I stand with these people who are fighting for the right things. We're going to switch back to federal news now instead yeah. of focusing on the Pacific Northwest. Um, not Not because we don't like you guys. It's just that we don't have any more information yet on... Sunday, January 24th. So if more news comes out, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like uh, we started this pod on a bit of a downer. But um, this next stuff's pretty good. Yeah, I haven't been able to say this for like a long time. But the federal government is doing good things right now. Yeah. They're not like completely sucking in every way um so uh yeah we're gonna talk about uh president joe biden's executive orders because he issued a number of them um including the ones we talked about earlier in the COVID updates and the COVID updates were really important and those were all on his very first day in office i think this is a very hot take but no more inaugural balls. They are a waste of time. We were able to get so much done in the first day because they, he didn't have to attend like 10 balls. And I think I think we should stop them. 
no more inaugural balls from here on out. Yeah, I agree. Um, inaugural ball. I mean, I really like fancy dresses. I do too. <laughs> I think, okay, so here's what I think should happen. Okay. You get inaugurated. Yeah. You have a nice time. You put on your uh, black tie clothing. Okay. And then you spend the rest of the day working in that, signing executive orders. And getting your pictures taken really pretty. Yeah, yeah. Because that's an important part of the pretty dresses. Like, me being able to see the pretty dresses is very important. It's just nice. I mean, I do prefer, like, I have been working in sweatpants and pajama pants for the last 10 months. So, um... I wouldn't blame Joe Biden if he wanted to start working in sweatpants instead of suits, but um, I, d- I do like me a pretty dress. And like, we don't, we're not getting like the Oscars. We're not getting, uh, I miss pretty dress season. Okay. <laughs> That's besides the point. Let's talk about climate change. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I think was really great was the focus on climate change that we also got um, with Biden's first day. He signed two really big executive orders. The first one we talked about last week, it was rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement so that we could show the rest of the world that they're not alone and also that we're going to stop being jerks to the planet. Yeah. We're going to try to stop being jerks. We'll see how much oil lobbyists do. But this is a great move. Um, however, the the big anti-climate lobbyists uh, were delivered a big loss uh, with another climate-based executive order that Joe Biden signed, which is revoking the Keystone XL pipeline. Um, the order also directs federal agencies to start reversing and revising other Trump administration rules, including restoring protections and banning drilling in several national parks and national monuments and setting stricter emissions and fuel economy standards for vehicles, which is huge. This is great first steps, and I think it's great that these things can be done with just the president. These are also both just bills that are basically reversing what Trump has done. Um... And, you know, it doesn't, it can't reverse the actual damage to the planet that's happening, but it can stop it from getting worse. And I am in favor of that. Yeah. Um, I will note that uh, it doesn't seem to include uh, banning drilling on native land, um, territory that uh, is, you know, owned by Native Americans. Um, And that was a big part of the Keystone XL pipeline discussion in the first place so i am curious to see if anything happens there um i really hope you know we can stop being completely terrible to native americans all of the time but uh this is great moves on the climate change part um great first steps we have a long way to go still want that green new deal biden also ended the uh, 1776 commission aimed at promoting a more conservative history curriculum. It was, oh God, the 1776 commission was so stupid. And then the report they came out with like a week before the inauguration was so stupid. 
Yes. Uh, so the 1776 Commission was created in response to um, the 1619 Project, uh, which was really about slavery in the United States that started before the country was even founded. Also, the 1619 Project wasn't a federal project. It was done by the New York Times, which is a company that can do whatever it wants. It was it was done by like academics who got it published in the Times mm-hmm. uh, and provided free resources and curriculum ideas for history teachers because the country didn't start in 1776. We have everything that happened before then with the indigenous peoples. We have the, the colonization part. We have the conquistadors, at least. Come on, give us something, guys. The country didn't... It didn't start then. 1776. Come on, guys. I mean, even if you say 1776, we didn't have the constitution we have today in 1776. They just signed the Declaration of Independence then, and then we had the Articles of a Confederation till like, 1800 or something. Yeah. Because this is embarrassing Mm -hmm. for everyone. Truly. Um, But I do like that uh, Biden ended the 1776 commission and... In this executive order, he also directed all federal agencies to create an action plan within the next 200 days to address unequal barriers to opportunity in agency policies and programs. Uh, Because he realized that this was a a race thing, (laughs) so we should address the race thing. Yeah. This also undoes the Trump administration's policy that prohibited federal contractors and some grant recipients that... uh, conducted any form of race or sex stereotyping, um, including uh, diversity training. It was it was a weird, weird policy that didn't do anything because it's not like uh, diversity training really helps that much no. with anything. So it basically did nothing and just let people continue to do nothing is a weird weird time yeah it's just uh, diversity training isn't is not great usually but at least it's something it's something yeah i guess speaking of race stuff biden also made a bunch of moves to change our immigration system so uh he hasn't abolished ice yet we we still want that to happen. Um, but he did revoke the Trump administration's efforts to exclude undocumented immigration from the U.S. Census. Um, yeah, we talked a lot about the census stuff when it was um, happening. Um, and yeah, it's just he he just didn't want undocumented people to uh exist so he tried to write them out of you know our country's data basically erasing a couple columns of a spreadsheet doesn't make those people magically disappear Mm -hmm. it just gives you really bad data to work from and to make decisions based off of so that was dumb it was dumb yeah uh he also strengthened legal protection for uh daca recipients which is great because um Things were stressful for them for a while. Yep. Uh, yeah, this was just another thing to basically undo what Donald Trump did. Um, 
this doesn't fix the problem by any means, but this does at least stop the federal government from trying to overthrow a program that helps a bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, helping a bunch of people, uh, he also ended the uh, Muslim ban and instructed the State Department to start processing visas for countries affected by the ban. So, um, yeah, that's just, it was a racist policy and it's being undone. And, you know, after COVID, uh, people are finally going to be able to, you know, see their families and visit America and any, like, it, it was just such a racist policy that ruined the lives of a lot of people. Um, it's very, very, it's very difficult to get a visa to live in America. Um, and uh, this just made it impossible for some people. It made it impossible just to, like, visit. Yeah. Another good thing the uh, Biden administration has done in terms of immigration is uh, paused deportations for 100 days, which, um, like, it would be nice if we could pause deportations for a lot longer than that, but um, a little over three months is not nothing. I feel like this is just another thing where Biden's just trying to buy some time yeah so we can assess the situation and put in a system that actually works yeah these are stopgap measures they're not permanent solutions to anything but they're something there's something and after getting nothing for a long time this does feel good and it makes sense that he would need to pause everything in order just to get a handle on what the situation is in full mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things that we don't know still yeah yeah he's just stopping the bad things um so uh before he can dismantle the bad systems that let the bad things happen um and speaking of stopping the bad things he stopped construction on the stupid wasteful border wall that mexico never paid for yeah i just i'm really trying to think of something clever to say but you just, you don't need a border wall. Planes exist. Airplanes exist. I mean, good climbing gear exists. You can just hop over the wall. Ladders, ropes. Tunnels. It's, it's true. That's how Pablo Escobar got away, so. I disagree with what its goals were, which was to stop immigration. Yeah. But also, it was a really just ineffective way to stop immigration it wasn't gonna do anything mm -hmm. and i just feel like if you have a goal even if i deeply disagree with your goal at least make a real effort you know make a plan that would actually help you get to your goal and building a wall wasn't that so i just i'm just mostly disappointed i guess that it was even up for consideration when everyone knew that it wouldn't do anything i'm not gonna miss the um emphasis on visual spectacle and lack of some substance that the Trump administration loved so much. So Joe Biden is also going to be uh, helping some refugees by um, extending deportation protections for Liberians who have fled a civil war, which is fantastic. 
This is really one of those first day actions that it's not gonna make the news, it's not gonna be the headline of any stories really, but it helps people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because a lot of the things that President Biden is going to do is not going to be flashy, it's not going to be that interesting, and quite frankly, I'm not going to care about a lot of it. But if it helps people still, then I'm happy. Like, this is a material thing that is going to help people and keep people safe. So it's fantastic. Um, speaking of keeping people safe, this one, this next executive order directly um, affects both of us. Um, because Joe Biden has officially banned workplace discrimination against LGBT employees. And yes, including trans people. Which, um, pissed off TERFs. But who cares about TERFs? Yeah, uh, you might remember that uh, Biden erased a woman was trending for a day because of this uh, very policy, which basically just said that the Biden administration is interpreting parts of civil rights law that says you cannot discriminate on the basis of sex to include the basis of uh, to include a discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity a pretty common interpretation uh but turfs don't understand how these laws work and were therefore upset because they thought not being able to discriminate against trans people meant that they were somehow going to be discriminated against which once again not how this works at all yeah and for like some pe some reason they kept on bringing up olympic athletes i don't know turfs are so weird and they're like so weirdly obsessed with people's bodies but um i'm incredibly glad that i will not be discriminated against for being an openly gay person in my workplace Biden also signed a couple other uh, executive orders based around the idea of good governance and creating a good government. Um, as you might remember, Trump released everybody in his administration from the ethics pledge he made them sign. I don't think Biden is going to do that. He made everybody sign an ethics pledge and ordered every appointee in the executive branch to do so. Um, and the pledge just covers a, a ban on political interference with the Justice Department. Oh, that's great. Because the last administration tried to overthrow the Justice Department. Yeah, I remember. That was not good. Um, yeah, and he's just banning all of his officials from using their offices for their personal gain. That's really nice. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Like, again, this is like technically the bare minimum but there's so much absolute shit to undo that this is like a good thing um this also will um freeze all trump administration regulations that are currently in process blocking them from taking effect while the new administration reviews them which um is fantastic some of these uh regulations might go through anyways because there might have been nothing wrong with them but we deserve a chance to just take a look so that's it for all of the executive actions um 
But there is one more Biden thing I want to talk about that he did, which is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay. What did, uh, what did Joe, what did President Joe Biden do? He fired a bunch of anti-union people from the National Labor Relations Board, which is supposed to encourage unions and collective organizing, and for the past few years, uh, did not because of the people in charge who were anti-union. Um, and this this happened the first the first firing happened 23 minutes after assuming the presidency um and Biden fired uh Peter Robb who was the general counsel without cause and he was allowed to do that because they because uh these people weren't members of a union and were therefore at will employees. Um, and uh, Peter Robb, um, who was fired along with Alice Stock, who became the general counsel after Peter Robb was fired and then was summarily fired after that. Um, Robb uh, slashed the uh, National Labor Relations Board staff, hampering its ability to do its job. And attacked its own union, which is why he wasn't a union employee and therefore could be fired at will. Um, He championed the rights of managers to suppress free speech and refuse recognition of unions. And he even prevented employers who support unions from helping their workers organize. Um, During the pandemic, he has consistently ruled against employees' ability to demand safer working conditions through collective action. Um, The situation grew so bad that many unions stopped filing complaints with the National Labor Relations Board for fear that Rob would exploit them to establish radical anti-labor precedents. And Joe Biden, 23 minutes after assuming office, was like, that guy's got to go, and so does that guy's friend. So, bye. I think it's great that Biden is getting rid of people who were hired just to undermine the missions of the organizations that they worked for, of the institutions Mm -hmm. that they worked for. We don't need these people, and... Honestly, they will be fine. They will find some nice Republican think tank where they can continue their union-busting activities. Yeah, uh, it looks like uh, they are going to try to sue the Biden administration, but they don't really have a case. Um, Like, they are trying to sue on the basis that, like, Biden does not have just cause to fire them, but Biden did not need just cause to fire them. Yeah. He would have needed that. Were they in a union? Yeah, they they very much so had a job where they serve at the pleasure of the president, and the president was not pleased. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, it it was just, it's a nice, like, taste of your own medicine moment. Um, And it should be noted that uh, Biden also, in his office, put a bust of a labor organizer right behind him um, to to symbolize the fact that he is pro-labor and here for labor unions but then he also did the thing immediately 
Yeah, it was just, it's just such a chef's kiss moment. I'm just really happy about all of this. And I'm happy because, well, it's, it's important. All of these actions are important. This is a clear sign that Biden is not only going to follow through on his campaign promises, but that he has already started with immediate, tangible actions that we can all see, that we can talk about, and that will directly impact our lives. A lot of Biden's agenda does require the cooperation of House and Senate, who will be tied up with uh, both confirming his cabinet nominees and the impeachment trial for President Trump. So um, some like these executive actions he could knock out really quick, but there's going to be a lot that is going to be um, not necessarily easy to get done. Um, So we need to, of course, keep calling and trying to get things done and keep working really hard to get things done. Um, And we have practiced working really hard. We've done that these last four years, so... At least this time around, we have an administration who will listen. I'm glad that we are going to get to work with this administration. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, that means we will be pushing them to do more. And we're still doing a lot of the same work. But somebody's listening, at least. Yeah, it would would be really great if um, we could abolish ICE. It would be really great if we could um, get a Green New Deal passed. It would be great if we could pass Medicare for all. And these are three things that Joe Biden has not promised, but we can push as hard as hell on so we can get it done. And we'll have someone who will actually consider it. It just feels really nice to actually be building something instead of trying to protect things from getting torn down. Yeah, it's been a nice week. If you want to act this week, there are a few things you could do. Uh, I think the most important thing you can do now that we have an administration, a House, and a Senate that uh, has a Democratic majority and will listen to us is to call your legislators and urge them to pass additional COVID relief measures. Uh, That could mean more stimulus money, uh, making the eviction moratorium not just a thing that's in the administration, but a thing that's law, canceling student debt. Please just call them. Tell them what you want and tell them what you need to get through this time. Yeah, it's extremely important. Um, the other thing you can do is um, stay home. Please stay home. The, uh, the virus is not good. Right now, things are bad on that front. So please stay at home. Please double mask now. I'm seeing um, literature that's saying that double masking is uh, the best way to stop the spread of the um, of the virus because it's spreading really quickly now. Um, and also, you should spread the word on how great the vaccine is. Um, a lot of people don't trust the vaccine because of propaganda um but uh you should um just uh check in on people who are eligible to get the vaccine and make sure they're gonna get it um check in on your status see if you're eligible to get it um yeah get vaccinated if you can and if not get other people to get vaccinated in excellent news in pennsylvania 
they have expanded who is eligible for the vaccine. I'm still not, but my spouse is. Oh, that's great. Yeah. There is a shortage of vaccines in our region, uh, so he will not be getting vaccinated in the near future. But once all the healthcare workers are done getting their vaccines, we, uh, we're going to schedule an appointment for him. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm very excited for people getting vaccinated. One of my cousins got vaccinated and she just got her second shot. So she's like, she got the full vaccine now. And I'm just so happy. Um, if you have been vaccinated, do still wear a mask. Um, that's still very important. But uh, yeah. Please get vaccinated if you can. Um, should we talk about some good things? Yeah. What's some good things? So um, Jojo Siwa came out um, as gay. She is a 17-year-old who uh, first got famous through Dance Moms. She was a dancer on Dance Moms and then became a Nickelodeon superstar. You probably know who she is because of her beautiful bows that she puts in her hair and her um over-the-top rainbow uh outfits um and aesthetic uh she is fabulous and she's only 17 and she's uh hugely hugely influential on a lot of kids um so to see uh her come out it like i it's kind of unprecedented that a child star who's this big has come out like this um like i know demi demi lovato and miley cyrus are queer but um they didn't do like a big coming out like this and they didn't do it while they were still child stars so this is huge um and so many kids are going to see some see themselves in someone they admire um and uh, she also pissed off a lot of parents, which makes me happy. I don't really have an opinion on Jojo Siwa, but I am very glad uh, that this isn't a career-ending move for her. Like, it would have been just ten years ago. Yeah. Um, even five years even, ago. Yeah. Like that. Uh, Nickelodeon has made a statement saying that they have never been prouder, and then added a bunch of rainbow heart emojis to the end of it, so... I think she's safe. Yeah. Um, she also, in an Insta Instagram live today, she said that she's never been happier, which is just, it's beautiful. She is safe. She gets to continue her career. Uh, mm -hmm. Her, and she's happy. And that's really what I want for all of the queer youth out there, for them just to be safe and happy. Do you want to talk about your good news? I'm very confused by your good news, but um, please explain. Okay. So... You are familiar with the hippopotamus, correct? Yes. Uh, I played Hungry Hungry Hippos as a child. It's a great game. Excellent um, game. I, I'm aware of the animal. Okay. So Pablo Escobar, a drug lord, uh, at one point had four hippos, like a long time ago. Uh, and these hippos escaped his own like private zoo in Colombia. And have, uh, over the past couple decades, grown into a small population of at least 80 hippos, according to scientists. And I think it's good news because hippos are a vulnerable species. And we, in the conservation world, we spend a lot of money and time trying to get animals to procreate. And these hippos are just doing it on their own. Uh, unfortunately, 
the Colombian the Colombian government is trying to figure out a way to deal with them because hippos are not from Colombia. These are African animals. Uh, can they just can they send them? Oh God, send them back to Africa. Yeah, they could. I know that go back to Africa is like not a good thing to say. I am referring to a species of animal. Yeah, the, with the hippos that should go back to where they will thrive. Yeah. The, the hippos not being an invasive species and going back to their normal wildlife places is an option. Uh, going to a, sending them to various zoos is an option. Hmm. Uh, they have been using birth control methods on them uh, hormonally, just like darts and stuff. That's a bit okay. But there have been at least 80 baby hippos in Colombia. And I don't know, that's just really cute, and it's cool, and I like it. I'm gonna look up these hippos. I love that it's Pablo Escobar's hippos, too. Yeah. Like, it's so random. Uh, I, I, Brazil. Yeah, I mean, rich people should stop uh, creating private zoos. But, like, drug kingpins have this weird thing with animals, and I also like animals, so... Mm-hmm. It's weird, but I'm not entirely against this aspect of their personalities. <laughs> According to hotnewhiphop.com, Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos are running rampant in Colombia. I should say, none of the hippos are on cocaine, to our knowledge. <laughs> they were just bought with drug uh, money. <laughs> yeah, the uh, conservationists are really scared of these hippos, um, uh procreating more yeah yeah uh it's not great for the species that naturally live in colombia it's an invasive species and the colombian government conservationists uh all over the world are trying to come up with a solution that is viable that does not result in uh anything bad happening to these hippos but i mean i'm really just happy for this these hippos Oh, baby hippos are so squishy. Right? I'm telling you guys. So baby hippos. Oh. I think baby hippos. Baby hippos they're like are not, good news. They're like not cute, but they are. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. The hippo is a terrifying animal, but there's something about them as babies. It's just real nice. And finally, we have today's mango fact. I believe you brought us another poem. Yeah, I was like, why not? I liked doing a poem last time. Um, this one I found on mango.org. Um, and it's called The Sun in Bemidji, Minnesota. I think how, that's how you pronounce Bemidji. There's a D in there. I don't know. But um, The Sun in Bemidji, Minnesota by Sean Hill. The sun isn't even a pearl today. It's light diffused, stained gray by winter haze. This is the grayest day so far. So when I enter the Wells Fargo parking lot, the last thing I expect is to see the sun in the car next to mine. I watch a woman make out with the sun, and I'm jealous of the sun. Beautiful beyond her desire, wanting the sun so, she almost glows as she tugs sweetness from, its whis from his whiskers with her teeth, and his drool runs down her chin. I think the sun is a man, but it's hard to tell in this light. No, it's a mango. And I'm jealous of her. 
I just want to personally thank Sean Hill for this lovely poem that is hilarious and beautiful. It's, it's so funny, but it's also like beautiful writing. This is it for today's podcast, but if you want to see more from me online, you can find me at Katrina Ames on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you, Narelli? Uh, you can find me on uh, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, uh, Twitter. Yes, tw- that's where I mostly am, Twitter. I forgot the- I forgot what it was called because it's like, what do you call your home? It's just, it's just there all the time. Um, oh, you know what I wanted to do? What? If you want to write a mango poem and send it to us, we can read it on this podcast. Yes, actually, please send us mango poetry. I'm just finding out about this now, but I love it. Yeah, I just I just came up with it right now. Yeah. I was just like, why not? Why not get people to submit us mango poetry? And if uh, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that your mango poetry will make it onto the podcast, but we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash on your left pod. And, uh, you can send us to a- you can send your poems to there, too. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are many ways to reach us, um, and- but Patreon, uh, is a near guarantee that your mango poem will make it onto the pod. This has been the On Your Left Pod welcoming the Biden administration.